You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Okay, Taylor. Um, so we've got some results from the question I asked our fans about last week, which did was... Did I throw you under the bus or not? No, did I throw you... Well, basically it was, <laughs> did I throw you under the bus? Or right, did you right, throw right. me under the bus? And that right, was kind of the right. thing. So we posed the question. Um, we have a couple responses here um, from people. So I guess I'll just go through them and then we can see kind of what the consensus was. Um, so Josh simply says, Taylor, put Mike on the spot. Hashtag team Mike. So there you go. <laughs> Which I actually agree with because I agree with the flip side. When I ask a standard question, um, like, how are you? And Taylor gives a pretty negative answer. And we have a guest waiting and they're sitting there laughing awkwardly. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was that was dark. Let's move on. And then Taylor's like, you threw me out of the bus. Uh, yes, then I would think that's putting me on the spot to be like, the guest is like, what is wrong with these with a week, people? With a weak distance and the way you're telling this story, I do sound like the villain. Yes, you were. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you there's, there's time and distance between it. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. gosh. You okay. rethought it. And when you, you put heard it, that it for the way. first time. <laughs> and you're going, oh, wait a minute. Um, but we, there's more, Taylor. There's more. Okay. Uh, okay. A lot of, a lot of our, uh, our fans chimed in here. A couple of people haven't heard from for a while as well. Oh, great. Um, one of them, Lily, wrote in. And said, the question as to who threw who under the bus is a great question. Uh, it all depends upon the context of how the question was asked. Yes, Mike was asking the standard question that he always asks. However, if he knew to begin with that the question being posed to Taylor was going to have a negative answer, then Mike absolutely put Taylor on the spot in that moment, knowing it would be negative with the guest waiting. If Mike didn't actually know it was going to be negative and was just asking Taylor how she was doing, then absolutely, Taylor, I don't know what you were thinking. You definitely put Mike on the spot. <laughs> and that's from Lily. So there's a, there's a lot of context. See, Lily, I, I was being very sincere. I mean, certainly we're, it's in the pandemic. We always know, but we like to check in with each other once in a while. And I just wanted to know how Taylor was doing. I need and, to defend and then it went Mike, it was confusing the way we filmed that episode. <laughs> I think I was just really thrown with the way we recorded. It and was I a just, long day. I was and it was multiple Yes, that that's true. Um, it and was all really, over the place. We filmed it in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's my excuse. <laughs> okay, I'm sticking yep. to it. That, again, that adds more context, but I like I like what Lou's saying here. Uh, friend of the show, Chris, has chimed in. Oh wow! Uh, and I don't know. Did, I don't know if we said this team Taylor, team Mike thing because this Chris is the second person to say this. Uh, Chris says, uh, "No, this was definitely a Mike problem." Hashtag Team Taylor. Yes, thank you, Chris. When did we did we say pick a team last week? Like I, I don't, don't even remember pitting people against each other. I just said. <laughs> Hey, everyone, like, let us know what you thought. Uh, next one comes from Akil, uh, and he says, wow, that's as cringeworthy as a moment uh, as, to when, as when, oh, this is funny, as to when Taylor uh, brought up this, how much Mike hates Star Trek to the person who knew people who worked on the current production of Star Trek. It was a very funny moment. I don't know who's to blame here. I was laughing the whole time. That's from Akil. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, that's true. That's that's another good moment. I think I just don't do well when we have guests. <laughs> and now that you say that, I do agree that it was a bit confusing. And because we don't usually record kind of backwards like that, and we did technically do three recordings and splice them together, it would be easy for someone to be confused and thrown off. Um, so you probably were just like done by that point. And we're like, what are we even, what are we even doing? No, I think that was the second of three recordings. Like we. Yeah, it was the middle part. It was the middle part. (laughs) I don't know, guys. I think, um, 
I think, yeah, the fact, you know what? I got too much in my head, Mike. It was the fact that even though we were recording the first, say, we recorded the first segment second. And so I was really in my head with, okay, we're trying to make it seem like this is the first part, but we're not recording. You know what I mean? Like, I think so. so I was just. Yeah, I and whatever. Yeah. I overthought the question. Yeah, whatever. You know, Mike, whatever to happened. Be fair, to okay. be fair, often, <laughs> um, in the last couple of months, when we say "How's it going?", we're like, "Oh, COVID." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, to be fair, I think that's true. An authentic Taylor it response. It was very authentic. I just thought because we had a guest sitting there, I would uh, jazz J- it up. A you bit. know. <laughs> Shout out to the uh, Kingston Canyon Film Festival uh, that, that, you know, we had one of their, they had their programmer. They'll never come on again. Jason, sitting there waiting. I thought you might jazz it up a bit as opposed to, ugh, it's so bad. <laughs> like, we're just like waiting to interview someone from the film festival that's like literally opening. Uh, yeah, I thought maybe you would jazz. That was just my thinking of asking. You'd be like, oh, this is so great. I'm so happy because we have like a guest here. Like we usually have a nice way at the beginning of like bringing a guest in um and nope that's not the direction it went uh we got one last we got one last one here uh and this is from amelia um who says i actually thought that moment wasn't that bad well see there you go taylor um Good. oh see there you go she said i thought that was a real authentic moment from taylor and i do think everyone can kind of understand the covid fatigue at this point especially with movies and it kind of seemed like you both were like oh we're fed up with this and now we get to talk about a cool festival so it actually kind of fit with the episode. And so that's for Amelia. So there you Thank go, Thank you, Taylor. Amelia. Uh, Taylor you have wins. one. You, Taylor wins, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, um, I thought, yeah, a very funny moment. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Hopefully people uh, did get a good impression from last week's episode because their festival is still going on now. I should, yeah. Week, so Mike, I should clarify that the sigh that I gave was not at all remotely related. <laughs> To no, the Canadian film no, festival. no, no. That that's been a beacon of light in an yes. otherwise what the what's going on type exactly. of uh, type of situation. So yeah, there you go. That that was the results for our fans who wrote in. That was fun um, to to give us that. Yeah, and you know what? We've got lots of exciting things going on, so yeah. we can push forward because not only are the Oscars coming up, like our 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 big Oscars show will be coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, when this episode airs, or maybe a day after or so, somewhere around the time of you listening to this episode, you should be able to go on our website and enter your Oscars ballot any time. My plan was to release it this week. We'll post about it on social media like Wednesday, Thursday. But chances are, by the time you listen to this episode, it'll be up on our website. So you can go to screeninginkingston.com and you can enter your Oscars ballot. But if you're like me, you're still a couple moves behind and you're not going to do it until kind of the week before, uh, which is fine. That's, it doesn't matter when you submit it, as long as you submit it before the Oscars. And we always give you that Friday deadline, but everybody generally submits it on the Saturday anyway. So, um, <laughs> I mean, we'll give the Friday deadline as well, but like get it in before the Oscars. That's I'm pretty indicative of our, our listening ship, eh? The deadline's <laughs> yeah. Friday, they email us Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Well, <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, most of them came in, I believe, Saturday. We got a few few pre last last time, but. Yeah. They need the um, they need that extra day. I know I'll need the extra day. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of movies to watch. It makes sense, but that will be live. So Oscars ballot season is underway. We'll remind you every week leading up to it. Our episode on it will be the 29th, obviously, because the Oscars are on the 27th. Um, now, have you heard anything, Taylor, about all this controversy about their their the Oscars this year? Because there has to be controversy about the vaccines. Oh, I didn't even know that one. I was gonna, t- I was gonna, I was gonna talk about the the. I was gonna talk about the fact that they they're pre-recording a bunch of the oh, like yeah. the awards this time. Awards. Yeah, and people are like mad about that, and are like, you should. You, they're not less important, which is true. They're not less important. But didn't I didn't know there was last- other things. Didn't they do that last year? Uh, they still showed most of them last year. I thought live. Maybe they did some, but I don't. I I still thought. They um they they still put them out there, but I can we can look into that. I know that's something I heard because there was a lot of issues around that. I saw the headlines. I don't. I just I don't. I for some reason thought that they skipped awards last year too because they were trying to streamline 
the the award ceremony. I I think that a streamlined award ceremony is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And um maybe this is an unpopular opinion and I'm fueling the controversy, but I think let's be real, why are people tuning in for the Oscars? They want to know who's best actor, actress, best picture, director, and everything else is kind of fluff. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the common Oscars viewer wants to see the big categories. It's yeah. only like people like me who take this ballad too seriously. Who want who like want the sound. To, yeah, I want the everything. sound editing's best. I want edit. Yes, I want to be sitting there going like, "Let's go Dune!" Like, I just want to yeah. sit there trying to pick the the winners. Um, I didn't like. I didn't think that that would cause as much of a, a stir as what I heard. Um, I didn't know there was other controversy. Well, I mean, there has to be every year and everything. There's always to be, but. to be fair, Mike, I didn't read the articles, but um, in my mind, I thought it was a bit of a social de- justice issue, and therefore, I wouldn't be surprised if it was controversial. So they made a rule that guests do not need to be vaccinated. So, like the actresses, actors, you know, like film crew, whatever, they do not have to be vaccinated. But the the um like the service staff do have to be vaccinated, so you know like the the ushers, the the stage crew, I would imagine. And to me, that's a social justice issue that you're forcing. You know, well, anyways, I don't want to get into it because it is a controversial issue, the vaccines, and I don't want to seem like I'm weighing in one way or the other. But um, I think people on this show know that I'm. Anyways, anyways, um, but I thought that would be controversial that some people, it's kind of like um, the Kardashians made a little bit of waves. When are they not? Because they, in all their photos, um, like all their family get togethers, they weren't wearing masks, but then they had like wait staff at all the parties who had to wear masks. So like it's the service people who are bearing the brunt of the pandemic. Do you know what I'm trying to say, Mike? I'm not doing a great job of like getting into this. If you're interested in the social justice side of the pandemic. No, I think, yeah, I think, I think I get what you're saying. Cause yeah, it should, you know, if, if one, you know, everyone should wear masks or not have to wear masks and it should be kind of like fair throughout. I think that's kind of what you're, you're trying to say. Um, I guess like it's a privilege to not have to be vaccinated or to have to wear a mask. Totally. It is a privilege. Yeah, totally. And, and I mean, we have to remember the states are so different in terms of everything. Yeah. Like they've been like, COVID hasn't existed in the states for like half a year. They just the whole decided pandemic. to move on. Yeah, no, they decided <laughs> to just kind of move on from it. Um, now, California and like some of those places have been like a little bit more stingy on certain things. So I think what they're trying to do and whether or not it's it's correct or not is is up in the air but i think what they're trying to do is okay people who people in a situation where we can control have to put masks on we can control a group of workers because they're working for us and we can have them work for us we can't control stars and it's going to create a problem i don't think that's necessarily right like just put everyone in a mask and don't put anyone in a mask but make a decision here and just like stick to it don't like flip flop and like decide, oh, half are going to do this and half are going to do that. I think they're trying to do something, but I didn't hear anything about that. So maybe people like just didn't care, which tells you <laughs> they're something. more concerned. They're more concerned about the technical award. But that's not true. Having like, that, I, Taylor, I've read six or seven pieces just all about like, and someone resigned over the fact that they changed the telecast overhaul and had nothing to do with the COVID stuff. Like, I didn't even see that anywhere. Like, that tells you how different things are now in, like, the states. Like, they've just kind of moved on from COVID controversy. Like, Canada, there's still COVID controversy because we're, like, it's like we're six months behind. Yeah. <laughs> and then in six months from now, Taylor, the controversy in Canada will be things that have nothing to do with anything with COVID. And we'll oh, just move sure. on to, oh, this person said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing. But that's funny how... You like you would think that that would cause more of a stir. Yet the the overhaul of the telecast is making greater waves in in the community. Like even right now, as we're talking, I Google Oscars twenty twenty two controversy. Six articles popped up, and they're all about the telecast. Like it's not nothing's getting into it. It's funny. 
Here, I found the headline. It was from February. Oscars to require COVID-19 vaccination for nominees and guests. Okay. But not performers and presenters. Oh, so if Which you're is even weirder. Yeah, that's even stranger. So so let me get this. So if you're nominated or you're a guest and you're sitting there, you have to be vaccinated. But if you're a presenter or a performer who also will be sitting there 90% of the time, they don't have to be. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Unless they're in two different locations again. Are they doing that again? I didn't I hear anything know. about so that. This, so this was from February. This marks a clarification of the Academy's COVID-19 policy as it was reported on February 9th that the Oscars would not require attendees to provide proof of vaccination. According to a source close to the situation, the decision to not require proof of vaccination for presenters and performers falls under the COVID-19 return to work agreement between the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers and Unions. The agreement gives production companies the option to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations for Zone A, the production's cast and crew working closest with the actors, but it is not a requirement. You know, it's, it's interesting because I bet you and this is one of the few industries where I think this is true. I actually think in the end, like in the grand, grander scheme of like health and stuff, that won't actually make a difference because most of Hollywood is vaccinated. I would I would think so. There's like a couple outliers. Like, yeah, there's which there are everywhere, right? Like, that but it's Black not Panther like their girl that keeps making the. Yeah, every day, every day there's a new headline about her. It's sad, um, but anyway, yeah, like it's it's such a small amount of people who are not vaccinated. It's not like sports where it's like more split. Everyone in Hollywood is vaccinated. So, or almost everyone is. Like it's such a high percentage that chances are that's not going to make a difference in the end. Um, so maybe that's why there isn't as much news on it just because like most of them are vaccinated. Um, it's kind of like Kingston, Taylor. I mean, every time things come out with Kingston, you get the odd thing here and there, but the vast majority of the population is either vaccinated or isn't complaining about it. So you don't get as much news in that. You get the odd thing here and there, but it's much more sporadic and small than in some industries where it's big. Like there's no Aaron Rodgers. Of, who's the Aaron Rodgers of Hollywood? Who's like making a big stink? You know? <laughs> that, that's a football reference to I, I have know. no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers told everyone he was immunized against COVID-19, but not. But then he, like, he wasn't actually vaccinated, but he said immunized. Right. So he never lied. He just used a different word because he like he does all these like homeopathic like his right. own like he, he's a scientist as well as a as a quarterback. So he he does like he was actually engaged to Shailene Woodley, the actress, until very recently. Yeah, and she's a holistic person as well. So <laughs> I, I, I don't like, I don't very I don't intense. think she liked some of his comments though about oh. the vaccine. Like I think she was like you're being weird. <laughs> but so, anyway, anyways, we have. Mike, we're going to get in trouble about talking about this COVID stuff. <laughs> so we should move on to another. No, topic. But we're, I mean, hey, like, I'll be, we're not doctors. We're just having a discussion. We're not, yeah. we're not the medical experts. We're just sitting here being like reporting news. We're talking about how it works in it. Like, hey, I'll, but I'll we can agree I'm, that that know. is kind of a weird, it's weird oh, that sure. the nominees and guests need vac- vaccination. But not performers and presenters. That's oh, that it doesn't make any yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, we can one hundred percent agree on that, and that has nothing to do with anything. Unless you're right, Mike, where the performers and the presenters aren't in the same location. Like that's the of this only thing I can think of is that they're doing something again this year where they're separating people, and it's like oh okay, well you're performing and presenters are performing, but they're performing over here. And they're not going to have contact with anyone. So, or we're pre-recording stuff. Like, there's no need for people to vaccinate. Like, that I could understand. But I can't understand if they're all in the same room again. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't yeah, make weird. sense. Yeah, weird. Weird. Um, it's less of a social justice issue now for me and just more, like, more COVID insanity. Like, Yeah, okay. it's just weird. <laughs> it's just strange decisions. And, like, listen, like, I'll be, and I get it. People, people get touchy when we talk about this. Like, I'll be the first to say no one understands 100% what's going on, and that's okay. We're trying to get through this together. We don't 100% get it. But guess what, people? That's what science is. It's experimentation, failure. Experimentation, failure. Come up with a hypothesis. Test the hypothesis. 
fail a million times and try again. People just don't like that. Let's bring Tyler Vance on. He has he does experiments. He can give us that's the, true. He's, he's in the lab. <laughs> he's in the lab. <laughs> Tyler, get out of your lab and come explain science to us. Uh, next chance you get. Um, but again, like it's we're, everyone's trying to do their best. But I agree with you, Taylor. Regardless, that sounds that's weird. a weird like, one. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> I'm fully vaccinated. I have no problem with vaccinations. That's still just a strange thing to have read to me. Where <laughs> it's like two people, same room, one vaccinated, one not. Okay, that's confusing. Um, but yeah, in terms of the other Oscars uh, controversy, it just seems to be about the broadcast, um, which is interesting. No one seems to be happy with that. I'm, I love the Oscars. I don't care. I like having fun with awards show. It's something fun to do. Fill out your Oscar ballots. Have some fun with us. That's all this is, right? It's just a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, let's get to some non-fan questions that are related to our issues last week. Um, we bumped a couple fan questions here. I, I do have to find some of them, actually. Um, okay, okay. This is a question from Josh that was meant for last week that we didn't get to. Right. Um, Straying away from the Oscars for a minute, what do you think about Netflix's plan to release season four of Stranger Things in two parts? I didn't hear about this. I um, only know that because I saw this weekend. Hmm. Um, I wanted to check when it was being released. Yeah. And I saw that it was being released in two parts. Obviously, they're doing it because people like um what do they call that like tentpole it's one of their tentpole series yeah and i bet you a million bucks people are only going to reactivate their account binge stranger stranger things and then cancel their subscription again over one weekend (laughs) yeah and so by forcing that by like doing a two two release you know people will be less inclined to delete their account that is my I don't have a problem with that personally for, for many, many reasons that uh, in terms of economics and understanding where that discussion comes from, but also in terms of fandom. So let me get, so let me get straight. When they say two parts, is that from what you read, is it, we get half the season and then you wait and get another half of a season, like a couple, like four episodes and four episodes or how many it is. I think so. Cause it said like chapter one, chapter two, I think, or okay. like part okay. one, part two. So typically it's, Split down the middle. Yeah, split down the middle. Okay, because that that means chances are that maybe they'll leave us with a cliffhanger, but there's time to build up the momentum and interest and intrigue. One of the things that I liked so much about watching Game of Thrones was not just the fact that I, I liked the series. It was the every week at Sunday, this is the thing that's on. Everyone's going to be talking about it Sunday night. Everyone's going to be talking about it on Monday. And when the season ends, you have to wait an entire year until you get another season. So when Netflix just like jumps episodes and you're not waiting a week and you're not waiting time to discuss things, your fandom will disappear. They can build up some momentum and make it kind of interesting. I don't think the generation coming realizes that you had to wait so long to to see next parts of episodes. Like it was such a long wait when TV used to be. You didn't know when things were coming out. You just happened to catch it or you get the TV guide sent to you. And you'd be looking in the TV guide trying to find your, your favorite shows. So I, I like it. I like that idea. I don't have strong feelings about it one way or the other. I it while you're talking, you though. <laughs> that's a that's a tail reaction. I don't have strong feelings. I don't care. <laughs> um, well, question number one: Is this the final season, or is there that one is more up in the air? That's up in the air. Okay. I don't. I, I think if it does well, they'll do another one. Right. Um, while you were talking, Mike, it just made me think: like our our viewing habits i think we've talked about this on the show before are so different than how we grew up and Mm -hmm. while you were talking it just made me think like oh my gosh there are kids who never had cable you know like their only way to watch tv was netflix or youtube (laughs) um and so you're right it's like really forcing the the audience to watch more traditionally i guess you could say um yeah i don't know it's a bad thing i don't know why netflix does any of the things netflix does the fact that it's 
it still exists as a miracle in terms yeah, it's of true business. it is true i don't quite still to this day understand the business model but like for content creators like us right like we do this show we have to figure out things to talk about like you like stranger things i like stranger things couldn't we like if this is the case we we almost get we could get two episodes out of this that's where true. we could we could review the first half talk about our theories on what's going on and then come back to it and, and review the second half so to me as like a fan that's a that's a cool way to do it i'll give an example so you know how much i'm saddened disheartened and really just a broken shell of a man because of the new star trek mm-hmm. um Star Trek Picard season two, episode one dropped last Thursday and Taylor, it actually wasn't that bad. Like I'd go as far as to say it was actually good, which shocked and surprised me. So now I'm looking forward to the second episode coming out this Thursday. There's some anticipation I'm building towards it. If I just streamed the whole series in one weekend, I'd have already had my thoughts on it and kind of moved on. So I like the letting it go, letting it go, you know? Like, are you, is Netflix doing like one episode at a time or are you watching it on cable? Yeah, it's, so it's Crave. It is on cable, but then Crave is doing it that way. So it airs on cable on Thursdays and Crave will also simultaneously release the full episode for you to watch every Thursday. So Amazon is doing this with the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel right now. Yes, yes. Another show I'm watching. I don't (laughs) think it has the cable component because it never was a cable show it always was an amazon show. yeah it's an amazon prime yeah mrs so, Maisel is an amazon um prime show. they're doing kind of a week at a time and if memory mm-hmm. serves the first season of um riverdale was the same because oh, it was okay. a cw show i'm pretty sure so i guess this is the closest the young kids are getting to experience People getting, cable. Yeah, they, <laughs> the yeah. one episode at a time. That's how it was with everything. One episode at a time. So I kind of like that. Like I, There are some shows that I do like binging. I like binging episodes of. But I don't mind having a mix where some shows are week to week and some shows are binging. And this kind of hybrid model of we're going to release four or five episodes and then, like, how long are they saying for part two? Like, are they going to wait a couple of months? Like, did it I think say? it's a couple of months. I think it's like, yeah. um, honestly, I, I can't. I I would just be guessing. I'm not sure. That's okay. <laughs> well, that, I, mean, I that think would it's make like sense, maybe right? like, spring and summer. If that, yeah. So it's like here's the first five episodes in the spring, and then in the summer, here's the next five episodes. Like that. That to me is kind of a cool, different way to do it. So there you go. Oh, I just hiccuped right at the end there. I've been I've been so close to just losing it. This I'm having voice issues over here. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, I do know what's going on. I made a mistake and had a cookie before we started uh, recording, and that was a big mistake. Big mistake. Never have anything with dairy in it if you have to talk for a period of time. Oh, is that a good is that a good rule? I yeah, wonder why that I lost my. School. <laughs> I wonder why I lost my voice. I don't think it was last week. I think it was the week before. Yes, the week before. Where I just <laughs> completely lost my voice on air. I don't think it could yeah. be was involved. No, but anything that you should stay away a couple hours before recording from anything dairy because it Noted. does something to you. I, I There was a reason. I learned about it in, in the school that I attended. Tyler, tell us your science. Tell us why. <laughs> yes, and Tyler, please get back to us and explain science to us. Um, okay, so let's review some movies because we're happy. Were there any other questions? There are, but we need to get going here. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll slip some in if we can by the end of the episode or we'll shift to next week. We do promise we'll get to you. But we do have three movies to review. Um, yeah. And even if we have 10 minutes to talk about each, we'll just barely make it to the end of the episode. And I still have to like two more housekeeping things to get at the end of the episode. So we're going to move on from fan questions. We'll get back to those next week. Um, we we saw a couple movies this week. Uh, Taylor, you're going to review Licorice Pizza. You didn't appreciate my joke um, that I texted you about it. Um, no mm, response. Sounds delish. Sounds delicious. <laughs> what a great like cause licorice because it's either it's either licorice in the shape of a pizza, or it's a pizza that has licorice on it, which probably would be pretty disgusting. And I'm I was curious. To find out which, but you you broke 
all my dreams and said that it has enough. There's they've never mentioned the title in the movie. Um, so that's it's supposed that's kind of to be like um, a chain. It was like, a, I guess, chain of record stores in 1970s California. But oh, like a real place. Like yeah. a space, ba- real but store. you oh. see no record stores in the movie. So, OK, I don't well, know. anyway, <laughs> uh, Lic- Licorice Pizza is the movie that yep. you're going to review this week. And I saw two films. Um, I'm going to review Encanto, which is from Disney and Pixar. Lin-Manuel Miranda did the music uh, for that one. And that's nominated for Best uh, Animated Feature. And then I'm also going to review West Side Story because I watched that on a whim to kind of get that one out of the way uh, as we continue on our Oscars. So, Taylor, uh, where where should we start? Should I roll a dice? Why don't we start with your musical weekend? Okay. Oh, they were both musicals. Um, So we'll start start with one of those. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll talk about Encanto first um, because I watched that one first. Um, So this is from Lin-Manuel Miranda, who did the music and lyrics, but lots of other people uh, wrote and directed uh, this one. But obviously he's the big name because many of you will know him from Hamilton and that uh, In the Heights. That was the other one. Uh, And this is not his first Disney film. Because he did the the music and lyrics for Moana, yeah. too, which I kind of forgot about. I thought this was like, oh, Disney's grabbing him because of the Hamilton success. No, uh, he's worked with them before. Um, so this is this is kind of an interesting uh, movie, a little bit of a different spin for for Disney and Pixar because it's it's people, which for the longest time Disney and Pixar didn't have like human beings as characters what about like they, Mo- 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 moana well that was recently though like that they only started like because how old's moana like not even five years old like that can't be that can't be more than five years old that movie so it's kind of a recent turn that disney is now doing like disney pixar at least is because i think or is it, like that's the thing because it's disney pixar or disney and I don't know which one Moana is because I lose track. But they're like different, right? Because Pixar is all the like Toy Story and Cars. The and, Feelings uh, movie. Yeah, the Feelings ones. Which, uh, but whereas I think Moana is just Disney. Not that that matters because that's like <laughs> completely, no one cares about the differentiation. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. But anyway, um, yeah, so this movie is is about a family um, who who come to discover this magic candle that gives everyone in their family a special like gift or power, except for our main character who <laughs> just didn't get one. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah, it's really bad. I know it's like, it's, <laughs> I knew that was the premise because I saw like a preview of it, right. but when it sort of happens in the movie, <laughs> it's so much more, like traumatic like they make it a, kind of like a joke but i'm like that's not funny <laughs> like yeah, could everyone, you imagine if everyone every- in your family had a cool superpower and you were just the wah wah nerd yeah because because it's like the the her sister so basically everyone in the family lives in this magical house that's kind of alive and can do things for them not like not anything other than like move stuff around but like oh if you needed something you put something on the counter the house can actually put it away by moving the tiles so it like floats over and gets put away somewhere like the house has that kind of power the house is alive yeah the house is like alive in some respect so it's basically about this family where the grandmother her two daughters and son who's gone missing though um and then her, her two daughters are married and each have three kids so they're all there's a lot of characters by the way in this in sounds this like it it's like tons of characters and they like not like they they all have like spanish names so i'm not used to hearing spanish names so i i get so like because they say them so quickly that I get a little, like, I had to have You had no on. idea what was going on. I had no idea. I had no idea who anybody <laughs> was. Uh, and if, uh, thankfully, the music does a really good job of explaining everybody. It's almost as though they, like, they put songs in there and be like, let's slow this down and, like, really explain to you who everybody is and right. what they can do. So that was very helpful. Um, but, yeah, so she's basically, she's got her two sisters. She's got three cousins. 
her her like aunt and her mother who all have magical powers and like obviously so the two so because she's got an aunt and a mother who are both married and the two guys don't have any powers because they're outside like they've married into the family right. um so it's not like she's a hundred percent alone but oddly the movie kind of passes over that and really kind of isolates her but anyway the point is is the movie is about her kind of going on this journey to try to save the house that starts to lose its magical power and her her family starts to kind of lose their powers and no one knows why so it's a, it is a musical it is animated um it's a hundred percent meant for children um with all that being said it was actually pretty delightful like it was it was pretty funny um it had a pretty good message to it the music is pretty catchy like i'll I'll give it to to the music like i understand why people um really draw to it like a couple of the songs are extremely catchy and a few of the songs are completely forgettable but a lot of them are, are quite catchy and it's the type of thing that you know how kids like to watch things over and over and over again I could 100% see them doing that <laughs> with, oh, yeah. this, with this movie. They'll just watch it again and again and again. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Like, for, for being an animated movie for kids, I was pretty impressed by it. Um, as I said, because of all the characters, I even beyond the fact that I was, like, trying to, like, get past the language barrier and, like, sort everything else, I don't think they really gave everybody their moment. Like, obviously, when you have so many characters, you have to focus on someone. And it was really focused on her and her sisters. Because she has two cousins and only one, or three cousins. And only really two of them are kind of important. Like, she's got this shape-shifting cousin. And he's, like, kind of the middle middle boy of that family. And he can basically shape-shift into anyone. Like, he can, he can be any human being that he basically sees. And can shapeshift. Pretty cool power. He does nothing with it. Like, I don't understand what the... Because like, everyone has, like, oh, their power helps their community. Right. Like, her sister's extreme... One of her two sisters are, is extremely strong. Can lift anything. Um, which is very helpful in a community. Her other sister can literally, just by, like, walking in a room, make flowers, like, explode and burst out of everywhere. Like it's things that, you know, you know, you could grow flowers really quickly or you're super, super strong, but <laughs> he just shapeshifts and I don't know what value that brings. And they never really went into it. Like I felt like his character was not even remotely. Is that the Bruno of. everyone's talking about? No, Bruno's really important. Um, right. So yeah, they, they say they don't talk about Bruno because Bruno can see his powers. He can see the future. Ooh. Um, and of course, he tells everyone the future and they don't like it. That's actually like, <laughs> Bruno's actually one of the funniest parts of, of the movie um, is, is Bruno. So I think that, uh, I think that, 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 was, that was well done. Um, and again, I'm not saying there's a huge way around that. Like it's a kid's movie. So this isn't gonna be like a four hour movie. This is gonna be a short, sweet and simple movie. So they don't have time to dive into every character because they just don't, have the room to do it but it sounds so it like that's like um they could have edited it out edited the story down a little bit like toss some of the non you know what i mean like i think i'll talk about this during my movie review i feel like we're at an age where we just let movie makers do whatever they want now like there's <laughs> no one seems to be editing scripts or editing film content like do you think that that extra cousin really needed to be in the movie probably not like in the end if it the only purpose he seemed to to give was to give our main character more reason to feel the way she felt like always trying to like find out who she is and what's her purpose and why did i not get a gift when everyone else did like kind of finding and that journey the only thing i can think of is three having three cousins and two sisters means there's five people plus an aunt, a mother, and an uncle who all have powers. So it just like, makes it more Mike, overwhelming. But yes, have, he could You have siblings. All you need is to have the three sisters and only two of them have magic. Oh, for sure. That would have been enough. And that was kind of the focus. Like, even the focus of, like, her journey surrounds her two sisters. So, yeah, you probably could have cut at least one of the cousins out completely. One of them had, like, 
a real big reason for being there. And the other one sort of did, but you could have done something else with it. Like you could have made that work otherwise. Um, so yes, it's true. You could have edited down the family. You could have stripped it down to like a smaller group and it probably would have been the same story. Um, but then you can't, you know, you can't sell as many like dolls and products <laughs> because of that. And I assume knowing it's Disney, knowing if it was successful, which I know it has been, there's probably going to be a second movie. And that's when they can go now that they have enough characters, they can go into a bunch of different things in a bunch of different directions. Or make a TV show. You know, the cousins get their own spell. Oh, of course. Yeah, the cousins could have their own TV. Because it's Disney, right? So they got to put something on Disney+. Plus. They got to put something on a Disney Network. You know, they could definitely do multiple things with it. Um, so, yes, you're right. You could have you could have done that. But I feel like there's more reasons for them uh, to do it. Um, and, again, I... I will be very complimentary of this movie. Is it a hundred percent the type of thing where I'm like, oh yeah, I would run out to see this and you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. No, I mean you have to first of all, if you like Disney, if you like musicals. You saw it like three months ago or four months ago already. <laughs> you've probably already seen it. Um, but you know, if you have kids or you're looking for something, it's it's pretty good. Like it it works for me. I'm gonna give it a see it because regardless of me being like, you know, it's, it's not hundred percent of my movie. I can appreciate the fact that it was, it was very well done. Um, so yeah, I think I, to me, it's a see it. Um, yes. Minor little problems here and there that it probably could have fixed. Um, but again, it was, it was still pretty good. So I, I understand it's Oscar nomination. I understand why the music gets people so uh, interested because it is pretty catchy. So there you go. That's in Conto. Um, okay. Taylor liquors, pizza, that's not about um, pizza at all. Not about pizza. Uh, very disappointing. So if not, <laughs> then what is this about? <laughs> so um, this movie takes place in um, 1970s Encino, California. And it's about... Well, I was going to guess 70s from the pictures. I was yeah, guess yeah. Very highly stylized. Like production. I'll say the production value, like in terms of costuming and um you know set design all that stuff very good very like spot on great 1970s aesthetic which i which i love mm. um the story follows a 15 year old child star who's about a bit of an entrepreneur um i don't know like <laughs> he just it's just like entrepreneur. yeah like it's just a fact that he child acts but he also like opens businesses so oh. um okay. and then at the very beginning of the movie, he meets a 25-year-old girl, um, Alana, and she works for a um, photography studio that, like, takes um, high school headshots, right? Like, that's she travels around, I guess, in Sino taking high school yearbook photos. Um, and immediately he's smitten with her and, like, pursues her aggressively. And the movie, the rest of the movie is essentially chronicling their very complicated relationship while he's like opening these businesses (laughs) (laughs) wait (laughs) but he's a teenager yeah so this is the thing that i just could not get past it's like very like it is explicit he is 15 and she is 25 there is a 10 year age gap between them. She even tells him like, it would be illegal for us to date. Like that's pedophilia, whatever. But like, they still maintain a relationship through the whole movie. And it's not, it's not a sexual relationship, but like, it also is not friendship. And so, but, but wait, so she says, she's saying she says that it would be inappropriate at the very beginning. Yeah. He's pursuing her and, she says, you know, we cannot date. I am 25. Like, you are a child. It's illegal. And then he's like, just go go out for dinner with me. Go out for dinner with me. And so she goes out to dinner with him. And then she's like, we are not boyfriend and girlfriend. But then at the, like near the end of the movie, a character is like, do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, yes and no. It's complicated. Implying that it's this kid, right? Because like the whole movie, they're like, very flirtatious like they're very jealous when the other one is pursuing someone else so and it's supposed to be like our um it's being billed as like a breezy rom-com like a breezy coming of age story and i just like 
again, I feel like the like common refrain in the, like the last three months was, I never used to be a prude. Like, I'm not a prude, but like, I just could not get past. He's 15, she's 25. But the movie is supposed to be about their relationship. And if this, if this was reversed, if this was a man pursuing a, like a, an old, like a 25 year old man being pursued by a 15 year old mm-hmm. girl, mm-hmm. you'd be like, Ooh, that's weird. Like mm-hmm. this movie would be yeah. a critique of that. Right. Like it would yeah. be and, satire. And to, to be fair at the beginning of, of you explaining it, I thought you said he was 18. He's 15. And now you said 15. And now it's like, that's real weird. I just <laughs> think it's, and it's and like, it's played like a straight, it's like, like, yeah, everyone knows he's 15. Everyone knows she's 25. Oh, wow. Like, like there's one, a care, she's like with her sister. And she says, don't you think it's weird that I hang out with, I think the kid's name is Gary. I hang out with Gary and his friends. And the sister's like, it is what you make it. And I'm like, what? No, it's weird. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just, it was like, unprob. They made it seemed like it was unproblematic in the movie, but we would know in this day and age that is problematic. So mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. weird that they were uncritical of the relationship in the movie, kind of, because like all along they're like, she's like, no, we're not dating, we're not dating, we're not dating, and I don't want to give anything mm-hmm. away for people who do watch, but essentially, like by the end of the movie they are not critical of the relationship. I'll put it that way. Like it doesn't Mm. end with them being like, it's bad for a 15 and a 25 year old to date. And maybe we'll have listeners who agree with that, but I don't know. I think it is bad. (laughs) And like general society would say like, that's weird. He's in high school. She's 25. Like what's going on? Yeah. Like like a 10 year, a 10 year age gap isn't something when people get older that everyone necessarily has an issue with. I think when someone is 15 15 and 25, that's think, when most people have have the issue. I think even the movie would have been if she was 20. I would have been like, okay, like I can get it. Like, you know, flirtatious, whatever. I still don't think it's necessarily ethical, but like whatever. I just think like if the genders were flipped, there would have mm-hmm. been a lot more outrage. But this but movie is it? being like widely yeah. received. I mean, it's nominated for Best Picture for Oscar. Oh, I, def- I definitely think if the genders were flipped, there, there would have been outrage about it and it would definitely even even i'm sitting like i'll admit my bias if the genders are flipped it becomes like creepier than, it's just than weird. this it's way just, it's just weird it was just, i just could not get past that so it was hard for me to like watch the yeah. movie uncritically but I'm you're like, right if she was 20 couldn't you have gotten the, the same point of the movie but like a five-year difference is slightly more believable because when you're 20 you just left your teens you just left high school maybe like two years ago. Like it, it's it's a little bit closer in where you are in your lives. <laughs> like yeah, it just it just it seems just so it's so yeah. like um very strange. The director, and I forget, maybe you can look it up real quick. Um Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. He got the idea because he was like driving near a school or something and he saw like a high schooler harassing or like not harassing, but like coming on to the woman at the like the photography woman and he wrote mm-hmm. hmm i'll write a story about a, a teenager who pursues an adult relationship with an older he got woman. an entire movie out of that one moment and then he used stories <laughs> from a friend of his but like right, right, i'm right. thinking like why is no one critical of this story does not that does am i the only one am i taking crazy pills like this is weird this is weird and it was uncritical of the relationship in the movie and mm. like modern society would say like no that's wrong so I don't know if they're saying, oh, it's set in the 70s, so it's okay. The 70s were a different time. But, like, I don't know. So I thought that was really weird. I also yeah. thought the movie – I I will say um, it's Alana Haim who plays the woman, and her sisters and her dad and her mom play her actual family. And so they have a really great dynamic. You know, her real-life family is playing her movie family, which, which was pretty cool. And then mm, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman's – son cooper is the main character and he was oh. very good i didn't know that Phil- philip seymour hoffman's son acts um but like you could tell he's his son you know what i mean so yeah yeah he, you can just see it <laughs> the acting was very good hmm. but again i'm like and that maybe is part of why i was like because it was believable that they were in this relationship 
You know what I mean? This complicated. Are they friends? Are they more than friends? Why are they sabotaging each other's relationship? Like, it was so weird. Um, I found the movie too long. So this was my comment about editing. The movie is two hours and 15 minutes. And for like a breezy comedy, that's too long. Like, why does no one edit movies anymore? Why did no one tell him to tighten the script, cut some scenes? Um, So it was a little bit boring to me because it kept having these like weird vignettes, like these kind of like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like episodes in their lives. But it really didn't have much to do with the plot. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, Bradley Cooper makes a cameo playing a real life person sean penn makes a cameo playing a real life person so i think um i understand 100 why this is an oscar movie again it takes place 1970s um and right and senior i think i'm saying that right and senior california so it like rubs up against kind of hollywood um but yeah i just like i could not get the get past that 10 year age gap and the fact that it was like the film was just uncritical of it. It was just like, mm-hmm. she's trying to fight these feelings, but doesn't really. Yeah, or like <laughs> using it to make it, like if they were using that to make some sort of a point or going somewhere with it, but it sounds like they just decided to not comment on it. I wish I could talk about the ending, but I realized because this is a Best Picture nomination, like yeah. our, our listeners are going to want to watch it. And um, I'm going to watch it. So. Yeah, so maybe <laughs> like, our Oscar review, we can finally spoil it. And sure. I'll be like, what sure. did you guys think of that ending? Well, like, what the especially heck? If it win- especially if it wins an Oscar, we will oh 100% gosh. be talking about it. If it doesn't win anything, just remember to make us talk about it. Because <laughs> we sometimes skip talking about movies when they don't win anything. So let's make sure we talk about it. <laughs> For me, this is probably, oh, I'm kind of torn between an airplane it and a stream it. Mm. Um. I'll say stream it. I think if you can get past the really weird age gap, I think this movie is pretty good. Like yeah, you I said, said a lot of positive it's things. It's too long. It, like, it is too long. Right. Movies these days are too long. They don't need to be as long as they are. Um, but overall, like the acting was good and stuff. So it's a stream it. But like okay. someone, someone who's seen this movie, write in because it's yeah, weird. It's weird to me that it's it has like ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 90%. Like, very high. Like, it is highly rated. I mean, okay, so you are saying, like, to be fair, I haven't seen the movie, but just to be fair to the movie, you are saying a lot of positive things. Like, do you think people are just overlooking that or, like, not even really thinking about it in the same way you are because they enjoyed the movie? I don't know. Like, I don't know. My why do you think I didn't read that? reviews for this movie. I've only seen, right. like, the headlines. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know even what people are saying other than it's, like, being very well received and is nominated for best right. picture so right. someone likes it yeah. <laughs> but i don't know okay. maybe yeah. i misread it maybe it is cut like i don't it's weird it's weird if if you're right if there are any of our fans out there who has seen who have seen it maybe give your thoughts and and send us in again non-spoilers try not to spoil the movie but you know chime in on this like do you agree do you disagree like do you think it is kind of a strange dynamic and how they handled it like yeah we'd love to hear from you so there you go, uh, a stream it for licorice uh, pizza. Uh, Taylor, what what would be more delicious, licorice in the shape of a pizza or pizza that has licorice on it? Licorice in the shape of a pizza. I agree, because the other <laughs> one doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, so I, I watched West Side Story. That's uh, that's our last review for this episode. Um, and uh, th- this is... This is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, two, 2001. So it's the remake of, of the original. Well, really, it's it's based on a on a musical. Like it's based on a stage play, stage musical, a very famous, well known, one of the most famous musicals uh, in history. Um, really, because of of I think the movie um, when it came the first time it, it came out uh, was yeah, very, it's considered very a beloved. Mm-hmm, very well received. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it in in modern times. The, the older movie, I think, received some criticism now for its casting choices and not being, you know, as inclusive or at least as clear in terms of where people are coming from. Because if you know West Side Story, it's basically about a group of uh, young Puerto Rican men and young sort of kind of from all over the place, but really New York-based men who are white 
and it's the Jets, and it's the Sharks, and they are having basically a turf gang war it's Romeo in the and part Juliet. of New York. It's Romeo and Juliet, so it's the Montagues and the Capulets, but it's set in kind of a New York's going through this like massive overhaul of a couple neighborhoods, and it's set in kind of like a, a dying neighborhood that kind of had a lot of people from Puerto Rico move there and were living in there, like very, very like strong Puerto Rican population, but as well, these kind of young white men who are feeling threatened. So obviously race is going to play a big part in the movie. Um, and that was kind of the whole point of taking Romeo and Juliet and putting it into West Side Story. It was, we had, there's two warring houses. We can turn this into a commentary on race. Um, you know, this movie, this movie's interesting, Taylor, to talk about. It's another um, one that's being really well received. It is. Um, is it like so different than the original West Side Story? No. Is it a shot for shot remake? Not really, but it's not well anything. <laughs> yes, because it's the same story. Like it's the same if you see it. I saw the West Side Story movie and I've seen West Side Story on stage two times. Nothing in this movie surprised me. Nothing in this movie was different. Nothing was shocking. Nothing was new. It was just another... It's, it's like going see, to see another theater's pr- production company's producing West Side Story. Oh, you see it in Stratford, and then you go to New York City and you see it. it could, it's, it's good, but it's not anything different. Right. It's not anything unique. I don't know why we needed this. Uh, again, other than the fact that to be more modern and updated a little bit, to do a little bit better job with proper casting, um, they did a fantastic job with finding talent. This is one of those movies. Remember how I, I've said, Taylor, many times that Hollywood has access to every human being on the planet. So casting should never choose. be an issue. And, they just and then just they, they, they just you. Yeah, they just use Julia Roberts or whoever's around. Yeah. Um, this movie did not do that because uh, Maria, who is our Juliet, is a 16, 17 year old girl out of some high school in the States. And she's from from Puerto Rico. Originally. Right. Yeah. And like, I, an did, unknown. An unknown. And they just like, oh, we're going to find the person who's the best singer and dancer who fits the part of the age, of age appropriate to what we want. And they did a good job with that. So, yeah, in terms of that, to study the movie, to look at it, if you're going to look at this one over the other one, it's probably for one of those choices because it's a little bit more modern in terms of its casting. It does a little bit of a better job there. Everybody in this movie can sing. The dancing is as strange and out of place as it normally is in West Side Story, which is kind of the point, kind of like dance fighting. Um, I will say that this movie is a little bit more like gritty and real feeling. Like I understand why it got some Oscar nominations because everything feels more real authentic. and everything feels more authentic. Yes, than, than normally in a musical where it's very like fantasy. Um, they Steven Spielberg does a very good job of, of grounding everything. Um, and making it work in there. Again, if you if you love West Side Story and you love musical theater, you're going to love this movie. Like you you will love it. It's 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 good in terms of all of that. Um, we all know how I feel about musical movies that they don't always fit. It doesn't always work. Um, you know, I can step aside from that to just say that like critically, I thought the movie was good. Everybody can sing. There were a few people who were playing like teenagers who look 42. Um, that does happen. Um, but again. If you set that aside, you know what you're getting into with West Side Story. This doesn't necessarily bring anything uniquely different to the table, um, but uh, still a pretty good job. I'm going to give it a stream it because even without my bias in it, I don't think you have to rush to the theaters to see this. I don't understand what Steven Spielberg is afraid of with regards to streaming. I streamed it from home and perfectly enjoyed the movie. On Disney Um, Plus, right? on Disney Plus, yeah, you don't have to. I saw it on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus now, and I like Spielberg is one of the directors that hates it. Hey, I love the cinema for certain things as well. There are certain types of movies like Dune. I'm so glad I saw that in the movie theater. It was so cool to see on the big screen. But I don't think my experience of West Side Story is going to be that different if I saw it on the big screen. Like, it's a good movie. It was fun to watch. It's it's a musical, so at times there are weird things that happen in it. But overall, pretty good. I'm going to give it a stream. Okay. We're, we're at the end of the episode, though. We have no, we can't go anywhere else from here. Um, very very quickly, make sure you've seen Death on a Nile and read the book for next week. 
and try to get in your thoughts this week as to what you thought about it. And we'll talk about it on next week's, next week's show. And your Oscar ballots are now open. So definitely join our Oscars pool and we'll see uh, who, who wins this year. Make sure it's the new movie, not the one from the 70s, by the way. <laughs> yes, go see the movie that's currently in theaters. Uh, Kenneth Branagh directed yes. the, the new Death on the Nile out in 2022. Perfect. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.